I'd like to invite all the children who are here today to come forward for our time together this morning. Good morning. Come on. Oh my goodness, let me get a heavy bucket. Good morning. How are you all this morning? I'm glad you're here in worship today. Oh, that scripture that Miss Sharon read is just one of my favorite. Did you hear it? Hear, O Israel, the Lord is God, the Lord alone. You shall love the Lord your God with all your heart, with all your soul, with all your might. And then it keeps going. And it tells us, you've got to remember this all the time. You've got to put it on your hand. You've got to put it on your forehead. You've got to put it on in your doorpost. You have to teach it to your children because it's important. And that's why we're here in worship today because it's important. i got something else important here with me. Anybody knows what's in here? Want to guess what's in here? Supplies for a flood bucket. That is absolutely right. I think they have already hammered it shut, and I don't want to disturb it. But smushed, all packed neatly together in this five-gallon bucket, there is stuff to wash your clothes in the washing machine. There is uh, liquid so you can clean uh, the surfaces of your house. There are gloves in here. There's scrub brushes in here. There's bug spray, because usually where there's floods, there's mosquitoes, so there's bug spray. There's dust masks. What else is in here? There are clothesline, because if you don't have electricity, you can't dry your clothes in the dryer. Or maybe you've got other stuff in your house you need to dry. Hang up a clothesline and hang it up to dry. Sponges, scrubbing pads, work gloves so you don't get your hands all yucky. Who are these going to? Do you know? People that are from Houston. Yeah, people in Houston. Cooper? People in like Houston and other places where Hurricane Harvey hit. Yeah, Hurricane Harvey hit a lot of places, didn't it? It sure did. We have been talking at church, and we have a plan for our buckets. So usually what happens to these buckets is we put them on a big truck. You know those big 18-wheelers you see driving down the road? Usually there's one of those somewhere in Dallas, and we go, and they load it, and they load it, and they load it till it is full. And then they drive to Louisiana with it. And they keep them in a big old warehouse there until somebody needs them. Well, guess what? People need them. So we decided these buckets don't need to go to Louisiana first. And we know people in Houston. Do you remember Do you remember Pastor Wesley? He was here like three, four years ago. Do you remember him? Y'all might have been real little when he was here. He's at First United Methodist Church, but not in Garland. He's in Humble. Humble's a whole lot like Garland. It's up on the northeast side of Houston, and he's a pastor there. And they said that they are running out of flood. As soon as the buckets come, they're gone. So they need buckets. And so we're going to put them in our own trailer, our own church trailer, and just drive them to Houston and give them to Pastor Wesley and let them give them to people. And that is what we're doing. We are loving God with all our heart and all our soul and all our might. And we're teaching this. Maybe we're not writing it on our hands or on our foreheads. We're putting it in a bucket. This is. This is our bucket of God's love that we are giving to people. It is. I love what it says on the bucket. I know it's an advertisement. Well, what does it say? Let's do this. I know it's an advertisement, but we're going to change what it means. What are we, we are going to share God's love with it so that people can clean their homes. They can. Can I share one more story with you about the flood? It's about prayer. Because that's one way that we pray too. So I have a friend down there. She's at that church too. She's been working at that church for years and years. 
She's old enough to be my mama. And her house got six feet of water in it. And I was so sad because I just love Miss Carol. She's the sweetest, kindest lady. She's the one who taught me how to do ministry with children. She taught me everything. And so I sent her a prayer on my phone. I said, Carol, I pray that you are surrounded by love and care and that resources rush in faster than the water did. Four hours later, she sent me a message back that said, Caroline, this is how many people from the church were at my house today. This is how many youth from the neighborhood were at my house today. And in one day, they got everything out of her house that needed to do. A whole house worth of stuff. Have you ever tried to move before? Move to a new house? Imagine trying to move if it's all wet and ruined and still on the, sh- and still on the shelves. And they just had to move it all outside. And you know what? I looked at her message and I went, God answered that prayer. I mean, I know we talk about it a lot, that God answered prayer, but they're right there on my phone. And you know what? You are answering prayers today, too, because you and your families are helping to share God's love. And they're going to know God's love through these buckets. And it's not just today. We're going to keep doing this, okay? Let's do this. Let's do this. Let's love the Lord our God. We're going to let the family in Houston open this. But you know what I think we should do? Now, I can't bring all the flood buckets in here, but how about if I put it in the middle? And if you can reach it, let's put it on the floor. Can we pray over this flood bucket? And if you can't reach the bucket, just touch the shoulder of somebody in front of you so you don't smush anybody. We don't want to smush anybody. Can you reach in? Yeah? And let's say, you ready? Dear God, we thank you for your love for your care, for hearing our prayers. Dear Lord, we pray for the families who will receive these buckets. May they be blessed with your love, with help, with care. Thank you, Lord, for loving us. We love you, Lord. Amen. Amen. Thank you. I'm glad you're here in worship today, friends. We got it. We got it. Thank you, Cooper. Right here on the step. I so enjoy Pastor Caroline's children's times because she nails it for us, doesn't she? She really does. Thank you. Thank you. We are in the midst of a series unpacking our new mission statement, cultivating Christian community by loving God, living faith, serving others, and inspiring hope. And man, don't we need to take that statement into ourselves today. With everything that is going on on the coast, we want to be all of those things um, for the people um, who so need our love and our care and our presence. 
So we are considering today what it means to love God. And we are in the book of Isaiah. We're going to hear two verses in chapter 61, verses 10 and 11. Listen for the word of God. I will greatly rejoice in the Lord. My whole being shall exult in my God, for he has clothed me with the garments of salvation. He has covered me with the robe of righteousness as a bridegroom decks himself with a garland and as a bride adorns herself with her jewels. For as the earth brings forth its shoots and as a garden causes what is sown in it to spring up, so the Lord God will cause righteousness and praise to spring up before all the nations. This is a word of God for the people of God. Thanks be to God. Amen. Let us pray. O Lord, may the words of my mouth and the meditations of our hearts be acceptable unto you, O God, our rock and redeemer. Amen. If we could ask God, and of course we can ask God, but say, me talking to Josh right here. If we could just ask God, God, how do you want us to love you? How do you want us to love you? What would God say? What would God say? So I have one potential answer for you. This was an op-ed piece that appeared in the Dallas Morning News in 2013. And it's called In Line at the Movies with God. And if you will please just grant me a moment of privilege, I want to share this with you because I think it offers us a possible answer. Here we go. I was standing in line with God buying tickets to see Monsters University. He's a big Billy Crystal fan. So, I said, have you heard about these religious atheists? God gave me a look. Is this a joke? He asked, like two rabbis and a duck walk into a bar? No, I said, it's a story that ran in the Washington Post recently about religion in America. It was fascinating. Turns out 12% of those who say they don't believe in you nevertheless pray. Some of them pray to something they call a universal spirit. It also said 18% of atheists say religion has some importance in their lives. Really, said God as the line edged forward. So where's this coming from? It was from a Pew study that came out in October. For some reason, the study didn't get much traction. But the Post story has been making noise all over the Internet. People are blogging about it and tweeting about it. I hadn't heard, said God. My Internet's been down. (laughs) So anyway, I said, about these religious atheists, what about them? You don't think it's weird? They don't believe in you, but they pray? To this universal spirit, said God. Yeah, and we edged forward again. Why should that bother me, asked God. I am a universal spirit. 
But it's hypocritical, I insisted. The story even talks about atheists who mimic religious practices, who gather in so-called godless congregations on Sundays to, I don't know, meditate and reflect. This annoys you? God waggled his fingers at a toddler who was staring at him. A little, I conceded. Just seems like they're trying to have it both ways. Heck, some of them throw hissy fits at any passing mention of you. If I write some innocuous line, Lord have mercy, let's say, suddenly I've got atheists out the wazoo. Sounds painful, God said. Atheists out the wazoo. I'm just saying, if you believe, believe. If you don't, don't. Make up your mind. You think it's that simple? It's not. Faith and doubt do not oppose each other. They define each other like light and shadow. Wow, I said. That's deep. I have my moments, said God. We got to the window. Two for monsters, I said. God showed his ARP card and got the senior discount. Here's the thing, said God, as we lined up at the snack counter. I designed you to seek me, to feel a need for me. Some people, that 12% you're so fired up about, maybe they don't find me in what you call religion. Maybe that means they're missing something, or maybe religion is. What if they don't find you at all? Finding is important, said God. But seeking is important, too. Seeking teaches patience, opens your mind, shows you your own limitations. That's where wisdom begins. But come on, I said. Universal spirit? Doesn't that sound cheesy? God shrugged. I've been called worse. Besides, have you seen the things some religious people do supposedly in my name? They blow things up in the name of God. They stone women in the name of God. They fight in the name of God. They hate in the name of God. He looked sad. I wish, more often, they would hug in the name of God, serve in the name of God, heal in the name of God, make peace in the name of God. I would like that very much. We got to the snack counter. I ordered popcorn and a cherry icy. He'll have water, said God. And when I looked at him, he said, I gave you good strong teeth. Why do you want to rot them? The kid behind the counter handed me the water bottle, handed the water bottle to God who handed it to me. Don't forget to recycle, God said. My oceans are not garbage dumps. I sighed. Yes, universal spirit. I wish more often people would hug in the name of God, serve in the name of God, heal in the name of God, make peace in the name of God. Leonard Pitts, who wrote this column, I would venture, knows his scripture pretty well because we find statements Biblical-sounding statements, but statements much like this all throughout Scripture. The prophets, the psalmist, Jesus, offer us 
ideas, suggestions, a model for what it looks like to love God. We heard Sharon read those verses from Deuteronomy. Love God with your entire being and teach your children to love God as well. The two verses that we just heard in Isaiah are words that were spoken and penned after the exile. They were words that were written to a people who had seen their homeland violated and devastated, who were deported hundreds of miles away to a land that they didn't know, surrounded by people they didn't know, and then they returned home and things were a mess. And yet, we hear these words of joy, of joy and thanksgiving for what God has already done. What God has already done for the people of God is enough to make us love God, is it not? We don't have to wait for God to do the next thing for us like a quid pro quo type of relationship. God has already said, I have created you, I have loved you, I have named you, I have claimed you. You are mine. And the people of Israel began to exult at what God had already done for them. And the language that the prophet uses is the language of a garden that springs forth. It's this amazing image. And indeed... Our mission statement is we cultivate Christian community. Hopefully that we become here a well-watered garden living out of the blessings that God has already bestowed on us. And therefore, the only proper way to behave is to love God. Pastor Caroline gave us a wonderful way of talking about what it means to love God, what it looks like. We are filling in Schreiber Hall buckets of love, of God's love flowing through us and into those buckets, and we will deliver them down to the Houston area so that people can begin to clean up. That's love, my friends. That's God's love flowing through us. But yet, we nurture that love within us by also taking time to go in. To go in, to pray, to consider the Spirit of God, which is as close as our own breathing. To let that Spirit work on us to renew us over and over and over again so that we may share the love of God over and over again, welling up out of us like a well-watered garden. My friends, that is who we are. Let us go forth and love God with all our being. Amen.